0: with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football. It's the Punt and Pass Podcast.
1: Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Your get Welcome Back to in door. Door. The the to the man. Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co host, Jake. From be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler, he's at from Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Week one is in the books. We got a pretty good slate of games in week two here. Jake, NFL season starts tonight as well, which everybody's really excited about. Full go Sunday and into Monday Night Football. So, football season is officially here. How are you, brother? Dude, doing great. It is game week for us. Yeah. Uh, Pumped.
0: Just got done with a great day of practice. Uh, But, man, also looking forward to a great slate
1: of college football games on Saturday. So, ready to go? Ready to rock and roll? No doubt. I see you rocking that new Georgia hoodie. Now, I follow Georgia's equipment staff on Instagram and social media, um, it seemed like all the NFL dogs got their little care package this week, and it looked pretty stout. I mean, way back in the day when I was in the league, uh, the goodie box was not as good as what y'all just got.
0: Dude, honestly, I am so hurt that you beat me to the plug, man. I oh, okay. To shout, I, I want to shout my boys out, um, tell them thank you. And, uh, man, to be honest, man, the gear's pretty sweet. Sick. Is good. Got a great, uh, clear, just – like piece you know of natty uh national champions and um it's pretty cool stuff
1: it's something to be able to tout and kind of show off a little bit in the locker room as you know no question no better time to be a bulldog in an nfl locker room right now so good on you and it looks solid too i mean that's how i beat you to the plug because you're looking crisp you're looking swagged out in (laughs) your new georgia gear this episode of punt and pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks, download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code PUNT, P U N T PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. And ding, 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 DB's three piece hit last weekend. Starting on Friday night, EJ Smith got in the end zone. Devin Leary eclipsed his total passing yards. And Caleb Williams, who we're about to talk about, He took care of business that had four total touchdowns. I think I might be going back to the well on that one. No better time to be on prize picks than during football season. Tonight, you got the Chiefs. You got the Lions. NFL kickoff this weekend. They've got even newer stats that you can put an entry on. College football, DB's three-piece coming up later on in the show. It's a skill-based fantasy game. It's the best as daily fantasy goes. Make your entry this weekend. Make it a DB3 piece. Let's go back to back. Download the Prize Picks app, prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. We are in the green, rocking and rolling right here on Punt and Pass. Check them out on social media at prizepicks as well. All right, Jake, you know how we do it when we're in season, we start with a little three and out three of the biggest news and storylines across college football heading into the weekend action. And we'll stick to the quarterback position here in first down for three and out. We just said Caleb Williams off to a hot start. He is the defending Heisman Trophy winner, but his dad making a lot of headlines, speaking to GQ magazine, of all publications, saying, quote, it's not a lock that Caleb will be in next year's NFL draft. He goes on to talk about how important it is for the success of a quarterback in the NFL to be with a franchise that has its stuff together. And he points towards Eli Manning. And if anybody else knows, John Elway did the same thing as well, You know, I could go both ways here, Jake. Uh, It's an interesting quote for his dad to say. I wonder if it'll actually come true. It's a new era of college football. You and I talk about it a lot with NIL. There's just a lot more at these guys' fingertips that could make them rethink possibly being the number one overall pick in the draft.
0: You know, it's one thing to talk it. It's another thing to actually do it. Um, But like yourself, I can also see both sides of it um i mean on one hand to me it's a huge honor to be the number one pick in a draft and you know and it's uh maybe a little conceited to say already that he's the number one pick as well uh you know there's still a lot of ball left to play now i definitely do think it's caleb and drake may and then everybody else i think those two guys are the dudes um but we saw some great quarterback play on saturday uh in college football. So there's a lot of guys in in the mix and the shuffle trying to improve their stock and trying to have a great season. So um but you know the with the NIL stuff, there's a lot of money to be made in college football. There's a lot of reasons to come back. Uh but then also too on the flip side of things, it's if he's going to be as good as everybody thinks he is, it's it's kind of a race to the second contract cuz that that is where you that bring up a fantastic point is that i mean you get to that second contract hey man you you can you can go do what you want to do this and that the glam you have arrived on a whole new level uh you know financially when you get to that second contract
1: there's no doubt uh and, and that's a tweet that i saw today uh pretty much just said exactly what you did. Hey, I get it. Yeah, of course. The situation might not be the best and you might want to come back to school and your NIL uh, income might be that significant that you could sit there and say, okay, I'll take out a loss of value insurance policy. I'll take out a disability policy. I will protect myself as much as I can hoping that I get another bite at the apple for a franchise that I would much rather want to play for. However, delaying that extra year of getting to your second contract can absolutely pale in comparison to what you might be making in the short term. And when you're talking about five years down the line, Jake, I mean, it's crazy to think that quarterbacks could be making in the NFL $70 million a year. And that's the type of situation that Kayla Williams could put himself in getting to that second contract faster. I do want to bring up one other point. Okay. And I believe it's the 2017 NFL draft. I'm trying to pull it up right now to make sure that I have the right draft class on my mind. Being a top pick at quarterback is no guarantee that you're going to be good, regardless of the franchise that you go to. Or you could look at it and say, well, it's exactly the situation because the quarterbacks that have gone through these franchises, maybe they're not. The best franchises that you'd want to go to. But I do believe it's the 2017 NFL draft. I'd like to run down these quarterbacks that were picked at the top of the draft. Okay. Doo, doo, doo. I'm going. Here we go. Number two overall, Mitchell Trubisky. Great guy. He played uh UNC. He went to the Chicago Bears. You can make that argument. The Bears, I don't know. He hasn't really panned out. He's back up in Pittsburgh. He has had a good career uh, sticking around. I mean, I'll never, ever play see, down see, anybody's see,
0: career. See, 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 that's the thing, because me and you know, like, yeah. hey, man, like, that's super respectable. That's a great career. you know. But on the flip side of things, from a second round, for a second overall pick, that that that's where the argument is that you didn't reach and the here, And here's
1: what make. makes it worse. The 10th overall pick was Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL. The 12th overall pick was Deshaun Watson, Uh who obviously you know really well, Jake, and who's from Georgia as well. But then, you know, you have third-round quarterbacks, fourth-round quarterbacks who are now bona fide starters making a ton of great money. My whole point is this. No guarantee, regardless of the franchise that you go to, that you're going to pan out and be amazing. I would just, if I was his advisor, I'd say get to that second contract as quick as you possibly can.
0: I'm I'm with you. It, it, it makes sense. Um, I mean, the only thing that the argument they're trying to make, uh, his dad is it's, it's about situation, yeah. and it is. It it, it really is. Um, but if you're going to be that good and you're going to be a game changer and a difference maker and you're going to be worth that kind of money, I mean, odds are that it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter and you're going to be a game changer and a difference maker for that franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking on him either way. And like you said, it's one thing to talk the talk. It's another to see if he's going to walk the walk what the Cardinals are doing, who you're about to face off against. Uh, it's interesting because we'll see how their season pans out. It's never yeah. as it seems in never. the NFL. Well, right. well,
0: well I'll, I'll end with this. Please. It's it's early. You think? It's early. A it's lot early. can happen.
1: <laughs> A lot can happen. Great perspective. It is early. The season hasn't even started yet. And we'll see what Caleb Williams does. I mean, I hope he balls out again, and that would be yep. awesome to have him In that type of position. All right, let's go to second down. Ryan McGee from ESPN. He put out a tweet, which I I had to scratch my head. I had to look into it. I was like, there's absolutely no way just from the um, statistical possibility that this actually happened in week one of college football. Jake, were you aware that every football team, college football team in the state of South Carolina lost in week one? Yeah, we know Clemson got whooped up by Duke. Yeah, we saw South Carolina lose to North Carolina in the Duke's-Mayo kickoff game. Do you want me to run down every other college football team that lost in the state of South Carolina? I think you have to. Okay. Clemson, South Carolina, North Greenville, Wofford, the Citadel, Coastal Carolina. South Carolina State is 0-2, so they have yet to win. (laughs) Presbyterian College. And Erskine College, he goes on to say the last time the state of South Carolina had a weekend this bad was because of Sherman. That is a deep cut right there. Ryan McGee simply saying South Carolina bad opening weekend of Mm. college football throws in a little Civil War reference as well. I just couldn't believe that. That is incredible for that to happen in week one as well. Jake, I would think. There's probably a little bit of an overreaction on the Clemson stuff. I would think South Carolina is going to bounce back as well. A lot of talent there. Um, it's quick. Everybody's quick to overreact after week one.
0: Everybody loves to, right? Um, I mean, I, I think Clemson. Clemson's in the ACC, so I think they should be kind of fine and will be able to to find their footing in their schedule. Um, but I do want to look through South Carolina's schedule here. Uh, they play Furman next week. Obviously should Duh. take care of business there. They play the dogs. Um so at least a South Carolina
1: team, team is gonna win next week with Furman <laughs> and South Carolina face that's off. That's true,
0: right? Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh I mean Mississippi State, I mean, it looks like to be a good football team this year. That's that's no gimme. Uh played Tennessee, Tennessee, you know, played really well. Um, Florida, uh, you know, who knows there? Missouri actually looked really, really good. They played yeah. Texas AM, who's a good football team on the West. Uh Jacksonville State, Kentucky, Bandy, and then they finished with Clemson. So i mean i I think they got they gotta fight i mean to win to win seven games this year, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough
1: it's just it is tough and it is every week. what kind of i mean, did you ever lose a game that early in your college career? I don't think you did, did you? no no, no. It, it was, I mean. It, it, it was, I can speak from experience way back to 2010. I mean, we started off that season one and four, dude. Like that was, you want to talk about urgency. You want to talk about seniors stepping up, saying like, save our season. You want to talk about Coach Rick and the noise and people are going, what's the issue at Georgia? When you start off a season one and four, I don't care where it is. It's a mentality that sets into that locker room. After week one, there's a sense of urgency everywhere. You don't think Kirby and the Georgia Bulldogs coaching staff has laid into their players after the sluggish start against UT Martin. There's just – you find out who you are. We put up a great clip of you talking on the podcast earlier this week, Jake, about how it doesn't matter – how good you're supposed to be, you're going to find out what you got once you get on the field. It does take time, and yes, you might have to play against a great opponent in week one to find out. You might have to play against a lesser opponent and see who can do it in between the lines, but for teams like South Carolina and Clemson, it's not over. It's early, as you just said. I mean, as boring as that sounds and as cliche as it is, there's so much football left. Uh, LSU lost last year in week one in a horrible fashion, and they made it to the SEC championship game. Um, So just everybody pumped the brakes. I know that's not what you want to hear, but it's just Uh the reality of the situation.
0: I mean, I I think it's just coming from two guys who have been there um, and been in a locker room who knows how to handle things. You can't can't ever get too high, can't ever get too low. You got to trust the process you do week in and week out. And you just got to hope it takes care of itself, man, on Saturday or Sunday. Right. Yeah, I, and that's, that's the only thing we can do is just be consistent and, you know, try to change little things at a time and and show up and make a few
1: plays. I mean, how true is that? It's a cliche business term. It's cliche in sports, but you can never let the highs get too high and you cannot let the lows get too low. It's just true. If you believe it, uh, you can actually implement it. One way that my former long snapper with the Arizona Cardinals taught us, his name is Mike Leach. He played in the league for like 700 years, He's a great guy. He always told me there's a fine line between caring too much and not giving a shit. He was like, just find that fine line. You know, you can't get too excited or too anxious and you can't be too lackadaisical. You got to be right there. You got to be taking care of your business and nice and even keeled. So I would send that note to Clemson and Dabo Swinney and to South Carolina. And Shane Beamer heading into week three. All right, let's go third down. And this is one that's just going to kind of tee us up for a little week two preview after I give you the DB three piece in our prize pick segment. I'm just amazed. I guess amazed might be the wrong word, Jake. But in what was billed the game of the year by most, Alabama, Texas, in Tuscaloosa, primetime, top 10 matchup, has taken a backseat to Deion Sanders and Coach Prime. I mean, Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes now ranked 22nd in the AP poll. They have dominated the news headlines, and everybody will be tuned in to Nebraska at Colorado noon on Saturday. That's crazy to me. It is amazing. After the game, I thought Colorado's athletic director was like, almost on the verge of tears, crying, hugging Deion Sanders. Thank you so much for this win. I went and got the money. I got you. I put my ass on the line. Thank you, Deion. That's what it seemed like at least to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was huge. Uh, They made uh, a statement coming out hot, coming out early. um, And that's just the coach prime effect. I mean, that's, that's what they brought him in for uh, to change the program around uh, to change the culture. uh, Even though I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't believe in culture. But uh, I mean, he he's he's changing things, um, and he's he's getting all the cameras and, and all the fingers pointed that way. And man, they're gonna come out swinging. That's what they're gonna do. And they got a big one, another test coming up. But man, that's just Coach Prime. That's just who he is.
1: Talk to me about a big time home atmosphere. You know, Fox Big Noon kickoff will be there, so there'll be a lot of production. You have to do a ton of interviews during the week. Uh, the student body is fired up. Does it make a difference in your preparation? I know you've been through a lot of weeks like that. And I will say Colorado has not been through those types of weeks at all. Would that go into your projection a little bit to say, you know what? This moment could be a little bit too big for Colorado.
0: See, this is tough because I said last week that I I am on the Dion, I believe train. You know, I don't don't want to get called out by Dion for not believing. Yeah, we can't have that. Uh, can't have that. Right. Um, but like you mentioned, there's a lot. Of, and to me, I think everything has changed for the Colorado football team, because now the expectation is there, you know, before, Hey, we want to be great. We want to be great. Eventually we're going to be great. But when you come out and you show that kind of product on the field, Hey, everybody's going to be asking for that week in and week out. And I think it's a lot uh, on his son, the quarterback, because I mean to be able to match that kind of game week in and week out, it's going to be tough. I mean, because that was an incredible performance, yeah, absolutely, and, every, and, and everybody's going to be expecting that, you know. And now we got two, you know, Heisman Trophy watch guys on the same football team, um, and then how can Travis Hunter be able to play a hundred something snaps week in and week out and not fall apart by week seven or eight?
1: I mean, look at us. We're not even talking about Alabama hosting Texas. We're so yeah. focused on Colorado. It's just the Dion effect. Like I am on the radio in Atlanta a couple times a week, 92.9 The Game the Steakhouse. I was on the radio, and I said, if I was Georgia Tech in Atlanta, I would put together some money, and I'd go after Dion. Dion would thrive in a city like Atlanta. The recruiting that he could take advantage of, the noise that he could make. I don't care what the um, academic culture is, if you want to call it that. We all know Georgia Tech is a superior academic institution and extremely rigorous with their classes. But I thought Dion would have crushed it at Georgia Tech. And now you see what he's doing at Colorado, getting all those kids in and out. Like, could you imagine if that was happening in a place like Atlanta? I'm not taking anything away from Boulder, yeah. Colorado.
0: No, I agree with you hundred percent with everything you just said. Uh the location, the culture, uh the you know, for him being able to recruit, recruit guys. Yeah, uh, Georgia's such a just a, a he played for save. the Braves
1: and the Falcons.
0: That's what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, like that, if there's a home for Dion, like that's the home for Dion. So like I, I was all in on it too. Uh, cause I would love to see the rivalry of tech and the dogs kind of come back a little bit more than it has been in, in, in the past years.
1: Did you know that Deion Sanders brought the chop to the Atlanta Braves? Did you know that? That's a fact. He played college at Florida State. That is what they do at Florida State, the Seminoles. Oh, he brought that to Atlanta. That's a fact. Look it up, people. That's your punt and pass fact of the week right there. Okay, we'll get in to the game, Alabama and Texas, what could have a ton of college football playoff implications later on in the season in just a little bit. Deion Sanders, Colorado Buffalo's dominating punt and pass week two right here. But before we get to that, I got to see if I can go back-to-back back on my DB3 piece from Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Prizepicks.com at Picks PrizePicks on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, buddy. We went three for three a week ago. You cash it, you tail. Let's see if we can do it once again. I'm heading out west once again for my first leg DJ Uiunggalale he had a mm. huge performance for the Oregon State Beavers last Sunday against San Jose State. I think they come back to the well I think they're going to let this guy keep airing it out his projection right now at prize picks is 225 and a half passing yards I think he will get more than that hey a guy that you and I just talked about his name's Travis Hunter he ain't mm. coming off the field he's from my backyard. Collins Hill High School, Gwinnett County stand-up. He's certainly a Heisman Trophy candidate at this point. Price Picks right now has his receiving yards set at 73 and a half. He's going over that for sure. Travis Hunter, more than 73 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going to go to a guy who I think needs to have a big week. This team is playing a lesser opponent. Reports are that the quarterback battle is still not set. Somebody that Georgia fans are very familiar with, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. They're taking on Youngstown State this weekend. We're going all air attack on the DB three piece at prize picks in week two. Mm. He will get more than 78 and a half receiving yards. So there you go, people. We're running it back to back, the DB three piece for week two on prize picks. DJU, more than 225 and a half passing yards. For Oregon State, Travis Hunter, more than 73 and a half receiving yards for Colorado and Marvin Harrison, Jr., more than 78 and a half receiving yards for Ohio State. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code punt. You get a 100 percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars at Prize Picks on Twitter and Instagram. Feel pretty good about that.
0: Dude, I like it. I think something that would be kind of cool Gosh, I got to be careful the way I word this. But Travis Hunter, instead of receiving yards or something like that, total snaps.
1: Ooh, yeah. I wonder if they could do that on Price Picks. We'll have to uh, put a note in to our boys over there because they have so many other statistics that you can go more or less on. That could be interesting for a guy like Travis Hunter with what he's doing on the field. Very interesting. Just have like
0: its own section for for Colorado football. There you go. I like that.
1: (laughs) I like that for sure. All right. Let's get into the week two preview. We've talked about this enough. Now I just have to know who you think is going to win the game. Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. This game's at noon on Fox. Colorado now a three-point favorite. People. A week and a half ago, they were an eight and a half point underdog. Mm. I don't care if you follow that type of stuff or not. That's almost unheard of what has happened. Swinging it all the way through. Now, Colorado is a home favorite. I don't know, dude. I was so wrong on this game a week ago. Everybody is going to be on Colorado. It makes me kind of want to take Nebraska. I can just maybe be wrong on this all season long because I don't know if I'll ever get to – really understand if i can pick colorado in the right spots
0: this one's tough for me too because nebraska just lost a, a tight one last week they uh, are Co-
1: snake bitten in one score games
0: man uh coach rule wants to win his first game uh, as a head coach there at nebraska uh so he's going to come out and cut some blazing you know if colorado came out swinging in week one like how hard are they swinging in week two? Cause they got a hit on this one, right? Yeah. They gotta be, but you gotta come back and back this up. So,
1: so how, how do you, as Nebraska's defense with Shadur Sanders throwing for 510 yards last week and Travis Hunter being a baller and four guys having over a hundred receiving yards. Do you rush heavy to start the game? Do you sit back and see if you can get pressure with three or four? Like what's the mindset of Shadur going into this game?
0: Yeah. I, I from a deep defensive perspective, it'd be as a D coordinator, it'd be so much easier if it, if it was just all Travis Hunter and say, "Hey, we're gonna cloud or we're gonna follow this guy the whole game. We're not gonna let this guy beat us." But dude, like you said, they had four guys over a hundred yards, yeah. so it's it's everybody's game. Everybody's out uh, having that game. So really, it comes all down to Shador, and I think you gotta you gotta mix and match. You gotta heat him up a little bit to get him uncomfortable, and then all of a sudden, drop eight. And then rush three, and he's going to feel like he's going to have to get rid of the ball a little bit earlier than he than he has to, just because you're you're playing with how the pocket feels the whole game. So um, it's going to be interesting to see their plan because they got to come up with something.
1: Yeah, I got to go Nebraska here. Uh, Coach Rule, he wants that first win. No better place to do it than at Colorado in a huge spot. This game is going to be so highly rated and watched. I just think he's going to get his first win. I don't know. It's so hard to come back from that type of high that Colorado was just on. So I'll go Nebraska.
0: Well,
1: I, I'm on the belief team, so. All right. Yeah, you said it. You don't want Dion coming after team. you. All right. <laughs> I like it. Um, let's touch on this Ball State-Georgia game. Ball State at number one Georgia, 12 Eastern on SEC Network. Georgia, a 42-and-a-half point favorite. We saw a lot of these last year. The total is 52. I will note the Kent State running back, who torched Georgia last year. I think he had the most individual rushing yards against the dogs all season long. He's now at ball state. Okay. So he's going to get another crack at the dogs. I also think, I don't know if I said this on Tuesday's podcast or not. Kent state's head coach who Georgia beat 39 to 22 at home a year ago. The head coach a year ago is now the offensive coordinator for prime at Colorado. Think about that. Recruiting Deion Sanders got a, FBS head coach and said, come be my offense according to The guy was like, okay, I'll come do it. So that's how you see what he was able to dial up for Shadir Sanders and those guys. And he hung 22 on Georgia last year, which yeah. not many people did at all. Um, Kirby doesn't like to run it up. I, I think it'd be, I don't know if ball state's going to score. It's going to be very similar to what you saw this past weekend, but, but Jake, you said it, you just got to be a little bit more, Chris, you got to be a little bit more on it at the start of the game. Uh, and I think Bobo will show a little bit more personality with the play calling.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think they're going to want to come out guns a blazing on offense, making sure they're firing and hitting on all cylinders, uh, getting the ball ready right needs to when it needs to. Uh, I, I don't. I think they're going to like the whole emphasis on this one. To me, would just be, hey, we want to start fast as an offense. Uh, completely flip the script of what was what happened last week, uh, where they're scoring all the points in the second half, um, and especially being at noon. I uh, mean, it's just going to be in their heads all week. Wake up, start fast, wake up, start fast, wake up and start fast. So I, I actually do kind of see them um, as an offense and Bobo. I, I do th- see them scoring a lot of points in this game.
1: How do you start fast? Uh, first 15. What are we doing? Is it play action out of the gates? Is it five wide shotgun, which is what they opened up in last week, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I, it just kind of depends uh, on, on, you know, what they're seeing from them. Um, but those, those first 15 plays are always so important. Uh, but they going, you mentioned play action pass. They did a lot more of that in the second half uh, of the game uh, last week and had a lot of success with it, hitting some deep crosses and stuff. So I would not be surprised if you see a lot of those things show up um, and then maybe some screens too. Had some success, popped the big one, Uh, In the second half of last week's game too. So they're going to, they're going to, whatever it is, they're going to try to be more explosive and hit some, some bigger shots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm interested to watch it. I mean, those first 15 is really all I need to see. I want to be, I want to see what's going
0: on. I I want, I want to see how, how the ones, the first team offense, the offensive line. Uh, and, and Carson too. How how do you respond uh, after your you know eye-opening experience last week? How do you respond? And let's 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 get a fix.
1: Yeah, as Kirby Smart said, quote, no one says you have to be the best in week one but I'm sure he wants to see some improvement in yeah. week two. So we're both on the dogs there. A game I do just want to touch on real quick. We're not going to break it down, but number 10 Notre Dame takes on NC state. This game's also at noon. It's on ABC. Notre Dame's a seven and a half point favorite. If you haven't been following, they've played two lesser opponents, Navy in Dublin week zero. Last week they hosted Tennessee state. Sam Hartman putting up some huge numbers. He will yeah. be in the Heisman conversation later on in the season. However, he transferred from Wake forest. He has a lot of familiarity with these ACC teams. Last year, Wake Forest went to NC State. Sam Hartman threw three interceptions. Okay, Mm. Wake Forest lost that game. So NC State has something on Sam Hartman. Keep your eyes peeled on that one. Could Dave Doran and that NC State defense dial something up to confuse Notre Dame and Sam Hartman? An interesting matchup for sure. Anything there? I mean, if you're at a new school and you went to a team, Jake, in a stadium where you didn't play well a year ago, uh, is it in the back of your mind?
0: Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm all on Sam Hartman here. Uh, if that happened to me, all I would want to do would just be respond and just absolutely kick their tails. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I'm with my new boys. We're a new team. I'm a new guy. This is a new day. You ain't getting me today. So, yeah. I, honestly, I like Notre Dame big time in on this one.
1: All right, number 23, Texas A&M, is heading down to South Beach, Coral Gables, to take on Miami, 330, ABC. A&M's a a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. This is going to be your real first chance to see Bobby Petrino as the play caller at Texas A&M. Tons of expectation for the Aggies this year, where Jimbo Fisher made a lot of changes. Remember, they were really banged up a year ago. Miami needs this one as well. It'll be an interesting game, you know, in that time slot. Miami took care of business against Miami of Ohio last week, but um, I don't know, Jake. What are you thinking here?
0: I'm, I'm more curious about the atmosphere for this game because I saw a picture of Miami and Miami of Ohio playing, and there was nobody there. Oh, they're trying to give it's, tickets away for free down there. It just doesn't feel like the buzz is is down there in Miami like it was early in uh Crystal Ball's um kind of tenure there, so. I don't know. If Texas A&M is going to finally be what Texas A&M should be, gotta win these games. They gotta win these games. So I like Texas A&M this one, Uh, but I I definitely think it's going to be a fight like it was last year.
1: The favorite has won and covered all three meetings in Texas A&M, Miami, Florida since 2007. Jimbo Fisher is eight and one versus Miami as a head coach going back to his days at Florida State. There you go. Thank you, Phil Steele, for that little nugget right there. I like Texas A&M too. I like Texas A&M as well. Here's a game where everybody needs to check out. Number 20, Ole Miss on the road at number 24, Tulane, 3.30 p.m. ESPN2. Ole Miss is a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Watch out, Tulane, a year ago, they upset USC. They are not unfamiliar with playing big-time programs. Willie Fritz decided to stay down there in NOLA. I don't know. I think I think Ole Miss just runs it up. I mean, this I think Ole Miss's defense can at least get a few stops if it does turn into a shootout to where they should be able to take care of business and win by more than a touchdown.
0: I'm still confused when I when I saw it, you know, Mississippi at Tulane at
1: At Tulane
0: just thought it was a typo. Like, why, why on earth is Ole Miss? Going to play at too late. Hey, it's, it's the Cotton like, Bowl Champs. What are you talking about? I, I mean, you could we gotta put some respect on that name because that uh man, that kind of kind of shocked me a little bit. I mean, this is a Saturday at 3 30 game as well. I mean, this is this is a big football game. watch out, old miss, do not go down there sleeping because you you may come out with your tail
1: tucked between your legs. Ole Miss lost their last road game versus an AAC school in 2019 when they fell to Memphis 15 to 10. Look at me. I'm full of the statistics Dude, today. Yeah, you you're yeah, coming yeah. in hot with these. It's today, Phil yeah. Steele. I mean, I gotta <laughs> give him credit. Phil Steele, but you know, these matchups like. Ole Miss at Tulane you got to look for something this is their road opener Ole Miss whooped up on Mercer at home a week ago but this is not a spot for Tulane to come sneak up on Ole Miss I mean you saw what they did they're probably gonna be watching a lot of that tape from the Cotton Bowl a year ago so I'll take Ole Miss here kind of I guess that's just where I feel I think Lane Kiffin's kind of got the boys playing pretty good ball down there in Oxford so I'll go with Ole Miss all right Go ahead, please. What do you like? No, I mean, they're
0: only seven and a half. I mean, I, I just, I just, this, this whole situation is just bizarre to me. That it is the, the scheduling, the time points, all that. But yeah, I just, they better go down there focused. Yeah. I don't am, sleep
1: so. on all. You're exactly right. You know, like if it was 27 and a half and in Tulane, wasn't really that good or yeah. the, the opportunity for them to sneak up on this, that's not happening this no. weekend. Okay, let's talk about game of the, the deal Number 11, Texas. Heading to Tuscaloosa to take on the third-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. 7 p.m., ESPN. College game day will be on site. It will be an unbelievable atmosphere in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama's a seven-point favorite. The total is 53-and-a-half. Instant classic a year ago. Nick Saban against Steve Sarkeesian. Quinn Ewers against Jalen Milrow. This is a huge spot for Texas, Jake. Huge spot for Texas. Huge spot, man.
0: They were so close to getting it done last year. Um, To me, I just, I don't see the mindset of Alabama uh, knowing you played in an, yeah, I think you can call it this, an almost an an embarrassing kind of game against Texas. I mean, Texas is a great football program. Don't get me wrong. Good team, but – but the Alabama football team of last year was a really, really good football team who just missed out on a, on a great opportunity to end up in the cultural playoffs. So um, I, I think they're going to take that to heart. I think they're going to come out uh, big time and want to hang up some numbers on these guys because uh, they just couldn't get it going offensively last year. Um, they had a lot of penalties. They didn't play clean. Um, it just it didn't look like a good product. And uh, they're going to change that this year.
1: Being at home in this spot is is so key. I thought Jalen Milrow looked fantastic last week in his debut as the starter. I know he got some playing time last year and started a few games when Bryce Young went down. Uh, But I talked about this with John Parker Wilson, okay? And John Parker, who just ended five years as the color analyst for Alabama Radio Network – He said, Hey, I really like what I've seen from Tommy Reese. You know, he's like, I've been out to practice. Guys love him. The players are energized by him. He relates really well to him. And in the media, all you were hearing was quarterback uncertainty, a new offensive coordinator. How's it going to work? And I looked at John Parker and I said, you know what? I've been following college football for about 10 years now. If I know one thing, it's that Nick Saban doesn't really know what he's doing. Right. It's like, Obviously, he did his diligence when he hired Tommy Reese. Obviously, he made the decision and said, this guy will fit well with the players that I have at our disposal. And I thought he took advantage of Jalen Milrow's skill set in a great fashion against Middle Tennessee State, who's not necessarily a cupcake to the likes of a UT Martin. Now, this is a different beast. And we all know Nick Saban's record against his former assistants. We also know the revenge factor. Nick Saban loves an opportunity to kind of – Improve on maybe what had happened a year ago, and I can't remember the last time Alabama lost a meaningful game at home. I mean, had probably an LSU team, right? W- would that ring a bell? Maybe Ole Miss, LSU or Ole Miss. It yeah, be, right. I mean, it couldn't be Johnny Manziel back in like 2014. I mean, no. it could be, but I think it would maybe the Joe Burrow game, Ole Miss. I don't know. My point is, is it does not happen. Often. And when you talk about walking into a lion's den, brother, this is it. Like, I don't know what else you want. Tuscaloosa College game day, 7 p.m. They want revenge, even though they won the game a year ago. Here's where I'm getting at I like Alabama so much in this game that I'll probably take seven points with Texas. I mean, maybe maybe it'll be a close game. I like them so much that I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about it. You ever get that feeling?
0: I'm with you on that. I feel super comfortable with Alabama. (laughs) I, I do. I just. Uh, Texas started very slow last week, very lethargic on offense. Um, very kind of similar to Georgia, just, you know, was, was right there, but something was just a little bit off on offense. And they better figure it out hurry, hur- in a hurry uh, on Saturday. It's going to be loud. Alabama has a great atmosphere. Um, and then, to me, Jalen Milrow, what he can also do with his legs as well, he was the leading rusher. Dude, uh, running, hard. Running, running hard. Running hard. So, if anything breaks down, anything happens, he'll be able
1: to move the chains uh, for the Crimson Tide. So, I've got a statistic for you. Mm, I knew you were. Knew in you the were. last 10 years, how many games has Alabama lost at home? 10 years. 10 years, dating back to 2013. Four. They are 66 and two at home. They lost one game in 2000. 2000- Fifteen, I believe that's the Johnny Manziel year, and then they lost one game in 2019, which I believe 19, was the Joe, yeah, Joe
0: Yeah,
1: Burrow. yeah, There Dang, you go. They, what? I th- when was the Ole Miss deal? That must have been 2012, or was the 2013 game 2015? No, dude, that's got to be 2015. Alabama's got to be Johnny. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, I thought they lost twice to Ole Miss. They did, that but
1: that. Wrong. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it right now. 2015 football schedule, University of Alabama. Just to confirm, just to confirm. Yeah, Got to. Oh, no. Jake Fromm. Loss. Ole Miss. 37-43. to So, that game they lost to Manziel was in College Station. Ah, okay. All right. 2015 was the Ole Miss game you're talking about. I knew there was an Ole Miss game there. I knew it. Absolutely. All right, well – I think, I mean, obviously, I think this is going to be a great game. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Alabama gets out to a big lead and then maybe Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian relax a little bit, get to open up the playbook, maybe throw a couple of deep balls, work their way back into a game, make backdoor cover. But I'll take the seven with Texas. I hope it's a close game. Um, it's going to be – game day should be a great environment. It should be should be a cool one.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. completely agree, but I like Bama on this one.
1: All right, man. Well, um, week two on deck. I'm fired up. Washington Commanders taking on the Arizona Cardinals week one of NFL football will be at your disposal as well. Fall is here, people, and you're locked in to punt and pass to make sure that you are dialed up to be the most knowledgeable. We brought a lot to you in this week two episode of punt and pass so you guys can chirp at the tailgate and say, I know more than you do because I listen to punt and pass be sure to follow us on social media at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at drew Butler. He's at from Jake punt and and download the price picks app. This episode of punt and pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize picks. I gave you my DB three piece earlier in the episode. It hit last week as well. NFL college football, major league baseball price picks is the best skill based, daily fantasy game in the market use the promo code punt 100% deposit match up to $100 anything on the way out my man dude man i think we nailed it tonight i think so too a plus for jake i'll give myself a b plus okay <laughs> got to be got to show a little modesty i don't know man you you're coming in hot whoa in hot whoa. with with, We're the, back, uh, dude, the facts, with the statistics man. with the it Phil Steele statistics. Absolutely. All right, everybody have a great weekend and we will talk to you on Monday. See ya. We are.